that was so many people joining the church. Wow. We're so glad you're here, friends who are all over the place. The ones who joined from Scotland and Paris and China and South Africa and Perry Street and the Bronx. We are delighted that you're with us today. Thank you so much. And for all of you here today, welcome home. We're so glad that you're here on this hot day with some semi-air conditioned. Come on, say amen for the semi-air conditioned. Cool. There are so many wonderful ways to plug into Life at Middle Church. Right now, what's plugging in is that our wonderful, wonderful media team is fixing the video. So just, you can look at that if you want to. But let me just try to, um, let me just try to let you know that you should go to the website, middlechurch.org, and see all of the amazing things that we're doing. Uh, today is Name Tag Sunday. And that's, what we're, that's why our name tags are on, so we can get to know each other. Um, we've got beautiful programming scheduled for adults and children. I shan't read all the things, but please look at the bulletin and, um, as the Baptists would say, govern yourself accordingly. Uh, we're thrilled that you're here with us today. So let's take a deep breath, a really deep breath. And... Be prepared to worship God with our opening hymn. John, come, take it away. My friends are so quiet, it's like we're in a library. Uh, <laughs> would you stand as you are able? And our opening hymn is here in your bulletin. It says, somebody prayed for me. It's very traditional. And we'd love for you to join us and feel the spirit uh, as we talk about prayer today. And God's prayer for us. to clap. It's okay to feel some rhythm too. Yeah, somebody Good morning, middle family. Good morning. 
My name is Jazz Logan. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm the summer intern. I'm Jazz the intern, if you will. So I would love to invite all those who are young and young at heart to join me here on the steps for our message for all ages. Don't be shy. It's a lot lower than you think. Hello, young people. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Jasmine, like I mentioned before, but everybody calls me Jazz, and that is Jazz with two Zs. J-A-Z-Z. It's my nickname. Do y'all have a nickname? Yeah, what are some nicknames? Mo. Mo. Jack the Beanstalk. Jack the Beanstalk. <laughs> All the nicknames. I'm sure all of us in this room have nicknames, some that are funny, some that are serious, some that are just really special to us. Nicknames and names give us power. It's a way for us to feel close to someone. It's a way for us to know that that relationship between us is special. I know I've had a lot of nicknames too. I once got called Rainbow because I can never keep colors on the page. They always wind up on my hands. So, lots of different nicknames, and they're all special to me because the people who gave me those names are special to me. Did you know that God has a nickname? And it's a nickname that you give God. And it represents the special relationship between you and God. So you can call God a different name. In our passage today, we're going to hear how Jesus calls God Father. And in the Bible, we hear about a girl who named God, the only one to do so in Genesis. She was fleeing from a terrible, terrible situation. And in her moment of distress, she met God, and there she named God, the God who sees. We are able to name God as well and give God a nickname that's special just to us. So maybe for some of you, it's God, my friend. For some of you, it's God, my father, God, my mother, spirit, guide, friend, river, whatever it is you want to call God, God has a name. And that's going to represent your special relationship with God. So give God a nickname. What's your nickname for God? Waymaker. Waymaker. Friend, yeah. There are so many special nicknames that we can give God, and I want you all to take that with you and think about what we can call it. Let's join together singing Siamba. to say jazz you threw that all the way down that was amazing <laughs> we're so proud to be a teaching church we've got our interns are coming and learning we've got our young clergy going and doing amazing things Christina Fleming and Adrian Thorne just got calls to churches yeah. <laughs> So very excited about that. And this is the time in our worship celebration where we pray together. We pray together the things for which we're grateful. We pray together our lament. And today we're so, so blessed to have a beautiful singer. Uh, Lauren is going to come and offer us the most amazing rendition of a prayer, a sung prayer this morning. Welcome, Lauren. Come.
Amen and amen. It's Name Tag Sunday. I am Monique Fortune, she, her pronouns, and I am ministry specialist for congregational life. So now, let us center and stay connected to the way you say the Lord's Prayer in your tradition and your time. Amen. If you would stand. Ever loving and holy God, hallowed be thy name. Thy reign come, and will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who have sinned against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the reign, the power, and the glory forever. that passes all understanding, the passing of the peace lovingly and safely.
There's such a sweet, sweet, sweet spirit in this place. Can you just feel her blowing around? Lauren Scales, I just want to say your name. Just thank you so much. Jazzy Logan, just thank you so much. Monique Fortune, just, just thank you so much. Just Jeremy Price, thank you so much. John Dolcott, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being instruments of God's peace today in this place. The Spirit is moving through you, and I'm so thankful that you're here. So, y'all, today's scripture is Luke's version of the Lord's Prayer. The prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. The one where Jesus invokes a nickname, as Jazzy says, for God. Listen to this word in scripture. Jesus was praying in a certain place. And after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. So Jesus said to them, when you pray, say, Father, may your name be revered as holy. May your kingdom come. Give us each our daily bread. And forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. And do not bring us to the time of trial. And Jesus said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and you go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. For a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And the friend answers from within, do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything out of friendship, at least because of his persistence, the man will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open for everyone who asks, receives, and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, would you give him a snake instead of a fish? If the child asks for an egg, would you give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, God, our rock and our redeemer. Luke's version of the Lord's Prayer is shorter more concise than we're used to hearing. But I so think that this prayer is the radical, revolutionary, um, life-altering, you know, thunder-clapping, transformative prayer, marching orders for the movement of love and justice. And sometimes you just want to exposit the text. So let me just say some stuff about the text, because it blows my mind. First of all, I want to admit as a womanist, as a feminist, I don't always love the kind of father language at the front of the prayer. My daddy, hi dad, <laughs> is complicated, you know? And so I'm not always trying to image God as dad. I'm much more interested in like the mother type God. My mother's soft curves and her big ample bosom and her warm soft lips and her kisses. If I'm imaging a parent, that's kind of where I go. But check this out. When Jesus calls God Father, when Jesus calls God, I always thought Abba in Hebrew. 
But actually, Jesus is speaking Aramaic. When Jesus calls God, Jesus calls God Abun. Jesus calls God Abun. Do you know what that is? That's Abba, Daddy, plus Un, Womb. All right, somebody. When Jesus calls God Abun, Jesus is being a revolutionary in his time, commenting on the femaleness and the maleness of the parent God. And when Jesus calls God Abun, Jesus' nickname for God triumphs over the empire's name for God, which is Caesar. When Jesus calls God Abun, Jesus is saying, not that empire, God's empire strikes back. Not that violent, oppressive, capitalist, you know, power over Trump, Try tromping on the less than, castigating the marginalized God, stamped on your coins, Roman Empire. Jesus is saying, I have an intimate relationship with the God of the universe, the God of many names of the universe, the God who introduced God's self to Moses as Yahweh. Y-H-W-H, Y-H-W-H, the name in Hebrew meaning I am who I am or I will be who I will be or I will create whatever I feel like it or I am exactly who I intend to be always in the universe. I love that, <laughs> the complicated meaning of Yahweh, but like the causative one, the agent one, the life-creating one, the universe-creating one, I am who I am. It's such a holy name, our Jewish friends won't even say it out loud. Y-H-W-H, one of the names for God. Another name for God, God Almighty, El Shaddai. That appears a lot in the Hebrew text. El Shaddai, God of the mountains another nickname for God. Or, truthfully, y'all know I'm a geek about words, El Shaddai is actually, ready for it, God of the hills, or God of the breasts. Um. Huh. El Shaddai means God of the breasts. Another nod to the female nature of God. Another nickname for God, commenting on God's femaleness, God's mercy, God's womb-likeness, Ab-Wun, El Shaddai. Another name for God in the Hebrew text is El Roy. Jazzy tells us that when Hagar was cast out of the Sarah Abraham household, out there in the wilderness about to die with her child, Ishmael, God makes an appearance, the only appearance God makes to a woman, really, the only real um, revelation of God to a woman. Who names God El Roy? The God who sees. When Jesus calls God Abun, Jesus, who is a Jew, speaking Aramaic, is picking up on all of these natures of God, so many natures of God, and boiling it down to an essence, a strong mercy. A mother, father, a protector, a guide, a nurturer, a healer. It's a revolutionary recasting. Not God as Caesar empire, but God as fierce love. Somebody say amen. When Jesus teaches, may your kingdom come, it is a revolutionary casting out of all of the characteristics of empire and inviting what God calls a reign down onto earth. Not wait till you die and parachute out into heaven, but bring to earth right now in the real time, in the meantime, in the now time, the characteristics of the vision of heaven. And Jesus, again, who is a Jew, has in his mind all of these visions of heaven that are in the scriptures. 
Zechariah, a small minor prophet, describing heaven as a holy city in which old people get to sit on porches, rock in rocking chairs, I'm paraphrasing, eat banana pudding, drink lemonade, and watch the kids play in the streets, in the city streets. The kids playing in the city streets, shooting hoops, jumping double dutch. No gun drills for the kids in the city streets. No having to learn how to hide under their desks from bullets for the children in this holy city. The, the realm of God, the reign of God is safe for the old people and safe for the children, safe for the vulnerable, safe for the outside. That's Zechariah's vision. Isaiah sees a new heaven and a new earth in which there are no more tears and there is no more heartache and there is no more languishing and there is no more suffering. Isaiah sees worship as a rehearsal of the reign of God in which we relate to our kin with love and peace and blessing. This is the worship for the reign of God, where we feed the, the hungry and clothe the naked and make shelter for the ones who are outside and bring the homeless ones into our house. Isaiah's picture of the reign of God. John, the revelator's picture of the reign of God, is another image of a city. Eden is now a city. It's, it's the city, it's the new city. And there's a river running through the city. Kind of like our city, but two, two rivers. But a river running through the city. And there are trees on either side of the river. Like, a, like an earth that is flourishing, not dying, not burning, not tsunamiing, but a healed and whole creation, right? Um, with the river running through it and the trees on either side flourishing with 12 kinds of fruit diverse fruit for the diverse people. This is what John the Revelator sees. So when Jesus says, your kingdom come, Abun, Jesus is praying, right now let us make on earth the promises of the reign of God in scripture, in heaven. Are you tracking with me? And this part, give us each our daily bread, or a translation could be bread for the morrow. Jesus is wanting to remind them that when they were hungry and they were getting across the wilderness and getting out of bondage and they didn't have food to eat, God had a menu for them. Quail dropping out of the sky. I mean, quail. I like quail. Uh, quail dropping out of the sky to make sure that they could eat. And manna falling out of the sky from heaven. I don't know about manna. It makes me think about porridge. But anyway, but, but, but a, a menu for them, Right? on schedule, on time, and water gushing from the rock. Give us today our daily bread in an empire in which the poor were the poorest, just like our economy, billionaires and broke, right? Uh, because, and not that much in the middle. Jesus was saying, every day, God, make sure all of your people have what they need in order to survive. Socialism. Ish. Don't freak out. <laughs> I mean, you can make more money than somebody else, but everybody's got enough in God's economy. Everybody has enough. They're, we're not stepping over homeless people in God's economy. We're not trying to figure out how people are going to live under cardboard boxes on the street in God's economy. In God's economy, everybody has what they need, our daily bread what they need. And then this idea of forgiveness of debts. You know, you go to church and the Lord's Prayer, say trespasses, okay, no, say debts. You know, nobody cares. That's what we do. <laughs> tell you. If you go to a church and they got another thing, Lord's Prayer, trespasses. Lord's Prayer, debts. Like, I, I would get up and leave because it's got something to do with how they don't want you to be yourself. But Let's come back to that. Um, forgiving the, the debts in, in, in that Roman context, you went to jail because you got behind in your bills. And when you went to jail because you got behind in your bills, you got more behind in your bills, and you stayed in debtor's prison, and then you became a slave because you didn't have what you need, and nobody would pardon your sins, your trespasses. Your armartia is the Greek word, your debts. Forgive us, God, our debts, our 
what we owe you. You know, pardon it, wipe the slate clean as we wipe the slate clean for each other. How many of us just hold on to old stuff? 20 years ago, you said exactly the same thing. And it hurt my feelings then, and it really hurts them now. We traffic in grudges in the reign of God that Jesus is praying for every day, like God's mercies are new, our mercies are new for one another. Fresh starts, clean slates, do-overs. What's it called in golf? A mulligan? Is that right? I'm pretending like I know golf, because I don't, but John does. Hi, John. So this whole, this prayer is like the world as it can be. This prayer is a calling in of the world as it should be. Imagine this world, not something we say by rote on Sunday mornings, but imagine this prayer as our call to action because we say we love God. Imagine this prayer as our mission statement, our vision statement, because we're human. Imagine the world as this prayer prophesizes. I need that world right now. <laughs> and you do too, somebody. We need that world right now. We have to acknowledge that two years of COVID has knocked us off our economic socks. We need this prayer right now. We have to acknowledge that the grief and pain and heartache that we feel from being isolated away from each other for two years has us a little mad crazy. We need this prayer right now. We need this world right now. We have to acknowledge that we cannot bear our children unsafe in the streets or in the classrooms or in the movie theaters or at the grocery store or at the block party. We need this world right now. And I could not talk for the tears that came to my heart because you, middle family, You give me so much hope. You are the promise God is trying to keep. You are the living, breathing body of the living, breathing God. You have survived these two years and thrived with each other and held on to each other and cared for the older ones and loved on the little ones and made small groups, God forbid, in the Zoom squares. 670 of you found us in the COVID and called us home. You've been generous, you've been loving, you've been kind, you've been forgiving, you've shown up, you've shown out. You are this prayer. Does that scare you? <laughs> Does it feel like a tall marching order? Yeah. I think we're doing it. And I think it's our job. And I think it's going to take all of us to keep up the good work and to make sure that all of the people understand God is the one they can nickname. And not to be afraid of God and not to loathe God and not to, you know, not to respond to God like a mean lover, but instead to respond to God like a partner, like an ally, like an accomplice, help me, like a friend, like a mentor, like a, like a co-creator, like a, like a wingman, yeah, like a, like a dance partner, woo, like a bodyguard, like a Comrade, a psychic, a sidekick, a sidekick. I got it. I was like, okay, Gloria, <laughs> like a sidekick. <laughs> sidekick. What do you think? Like a what? Put it in the chat. What if instead we respond to God like what? Mi amor. Si. Es verdad. 
like a father with a womb or like a mother with a Like a, like a non-gendered but many-gendered they who knows how to take care of us and take care of us and walk with us and hold us and help us, Holy Spirit, to make the world heaven right now. What if we pray that way? May it be so. I'm Devin Mosley, for anyone who doesn't know me. Um, I've been a member here for six years, and for the last year and a half, I've been the director of development for Middle Rising. Yeah! We're taking our masks off, because we test every morning for you all. So um, today, um, I have a friend with me. Andy Sears is here. And Andy has joined our team this last six, eight months, to help us in our campaign to rebuild. And so as part of the Join of the Movement today, I'm going to invite him to talk about what it's been like so far learning about us and joining into this. Um, and then I'm going to come back and talk to you a little more. Great. Thank you. Hey, Andy. Hello. Andy Sears, my pronouns are he, him. Um, my first introduction to middle was actually through my wife, who's a pastor, who took a leadership class with uh, Jackie and Brian McLaren. And after that, went online and watched a service and just was blown away by the experience of uh, watching you all worship and uh, the acceptance that exists within this uh, community. Um, then fast forward about six years and I got a call and invited to be a part of helping uh, provide support to your capital campaign and I'm like, I am all, all in. Um, and so excited to be a part of what you all are doing. One of the things that we've done um, in preparation for this campaign is we've done interviews with uh, members of the church. And I just wanted to share a quote from one member who said, um, Middle has given me a base, a foundation, a groundedness from which to create the work I need to in this world. And that just continues to just roll over me and uh, come back to me over and over again as I experience this community. And it's a reminder to me about the work that I do in this world. I'm in a family of artists. My, my son's a musician. My daughter does physical art. My wife dances. And I'm a fundraiser. Um, and I guess there's... <laughs> I guess there's a little bit of art in that too. Um, but uh, it's just so, we all need that ballast, right? That place that we can come back to week after week that centers us, that allows us to be able to go into the world and do the work. And that's not just our vocation. It's about learning about who we are and how we can love others. And, uh, and I'm just grateful to be a part of this. Um, we have a big goal and a big vision, and I wouldn't want it any other way because I believe you all have amazing work to do in this world. So thank you for inviting us to be a part of it. Thanks, Andy. So here's what we're inviting you to do. If middle feels like home, join us, because it is. And you can do that by going to middlechurch.org join, 
filling out your form, and that's going to get you started. You'll hear from us about a new members class you can take to learn more about us and get you engaged in the ways that feel right. And one thing that you probably saw in the love letter last week was a survey to tell us more about who you are. And so that's going to come out again on Tuesday, and it's really important for us to, to get your feedback so that we know who, who you are as a part of this community so we can support you in that way. Um, so watch for that on Tuesday. And you know, make sure that you're um, letting us know how you want to be involved as well with our small groups. Oblamos, which is coming back. And um, New Adventures, uh, Ukuleleacs, our gospel choir, our summer, summer choirs. We need volunteers to usher every week, right, Diane? Danita, thank you. And um, Matt, I know you've been here. That's amazing. Thank you. And then finally, um, financially, your gifts. You help power this movement. Um, I feel like I was a little bit teary. Last year, you gave a million fifty-three thousand dollars to this congregation. Yeah. Thank you for that. We've got a lot more to raise. So um, dig in. Thank you. this morning. Hi, John. Nice to have you back. You may 
Tested negative this morning as well. <laughs> please pray with me. God, please accept this offering as a token of our thanksgiving to you because we know that all things come from you. May these gifts be used to show your fierce love in the world. God, we love you and I'm grateful. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. like the prayer what if we made our lives the prayer 
What if the prayer was everything it's yearning to be? Marching orders, a calling in, a vision statement, a mission plan, a way to be human in the world. What if we take seriously what our Abwun has planned for us? I want us to live like Jesus is here. I want us to live like God has urgent work for us to do because she does. I want us to live as though we believe the promise, as though we are the promise, because we are the promise. You and I are the ones we've been waiting for. You and I thought this was somebody else's war. This is our job. This is our calling. So go and be the people of God that make love everywhere. Amen.